FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. That's Darkside, everybody. The man. The man. Right? Yep. Like, yeah, he's the man. The he man. He's the man. Hey, everybody, this is where uh, Dags and Kiefer does the show because Steve loves to watch his hockey. Well, the problem is, is I'm struggling with the looks department. Dark side cannot win, just like usual. I'm going to suck Jed off. I mean, I'm anti-everything. Me and Alex, Alex want to tie ourselves up, and then he can kick the chair out from my <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? You see, this is why I can't fucking relax around here. Shit's all fucked up. Because that should say, I'm so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Troll's whole season is, is coming up this weekend. Go try, a, go try a couple GNCCs and then try a 35-minute moto uh, in motocross, and it's uh, jokes, really. Whatever, oh. Talon. Hall of Records. Talon Taylor. You can suck it. Oh, he had his tongue in his spokes in this first moto, and I seen it. He's not living like Ricky Carmichael in a shed. I almost punched that little prick in the sternum. <laughs> I already gave my left nut to go 5-6 or whatever. I was the uncomfortable squirrely the entire day. It's kind of a well, pain in the dick for me, really. <laughs> it's a spin image of Erzberg, so... Um, <laughs> again, and I just hit a squirrel hole, and it just... I catapulted me. Next, next thing I know, I was ass over tea kettle looking at the sun. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Just send 40 guys through there, let them all see God for 36 minutes. I was, I was a fucking hazard out there. I got a good looking butt. Bad in Canada. No, oh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing here? I, I hope Popo makes everything, huh? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a lot of effing. I have an unhappy triad. Not what the fucking MRI bitch told you. Listen, Johnny Drama. We got Ixnay from YouTube. But for, we got to back up. For pornography. I don't want to get track. raped and killed or killed and raped or anything. Oh. Halen sluts, ripping ruts. Mm. I don't I think I rescue either guy. No, I just, I don't like either guy. I got numerous incidents, instances. What's up, Pulp Nation? We are back with a new episode of the Pulp Mix Wrap-Up Show. This week, it's episode 466 with a full house. Chris Kiefer, Tyler Medallia, not Medaglia, Scott Huddleston, and Bryce Maxwell from Motorsport in studio. Plus, Christian Craig and Phil Nicoletti on the phone. Of course, we've got Kiefer in studio, so you know we're going to get some grill your ass off Kiefer after dark. Before we get to all that, uh, to the scrubs, the dips, the dives, and all the other stuff of the show, let me introduce my guests. First up, from Michelin, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, the one, the only, Randy Richardson. What's up, Dark Side? How are you tonight, man? I'm doing okay, man. Uh, glad to have you on. It's been a little bit. Uh, definitely been yeah. way too long since you've been in studio. Yeah, yeah. Heck, at November of last year, they're on a personal trip. So uh, yeah. hopefully, 
hopefully for Michelin, we'll relax some travel things. So I can get back in there soon. I'd yeah, like that'd to. be great. Maybe, you know, he, he's mentioned getting me back out there. That'd be cool to be in studio with you. Heck yeah. That'd be, uh, sound like a good time. We'll even get your producer to come along with us. That'd be a fun time for sure. <laughs> we just have to sneak them in. Uh, <laughs> we can, we can. Yeah. yeah. And next up, a true privateer hero, a guy we all love, and we cannot forget his name, the one and only <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Oh, wait, no, Justin, Justin Starling. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you should have with Bieber. I think he's a little bit higher class these days. But, uh, oh, no, Tim, yeah, JT, man. man, Justin Timberlake's the man. <laughs> No, yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good to be here. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, you know, not racing outdoors right now. I feel like I'm almost got a little bit forgotten about. I might get my name out there. I think it's good. Yeah, man, and I know you listen to the show usually, so I know you, you said you were grinding, so it makes it tough to get the show in at times. But I appreciate you being on. Um, as I mentioned, man, a lot of in studio guests this week, Randy, and only two call in guests. A little, a little unusual from normal. Are you guys still there? I just heard some noise. Some everybody there. Yeah. There. Okay, cool, cool. So, Randy, what did you think? Like, less calls, but a lot more in-studio action. Uh, like I said, a little little abnormal for normal, but I thought it was still a pretty interesting show with lots of great content. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and I think that, that you know, the, the constantly evolving format or the variety and in, in having one co-host or multiple co-hosts just uh, changes it up a little bit, which I think is good. Um, and, and with, with both, you know, Kiefer, uh, Scott and Tyler all having some, some conversation and some weigh in on some things. Uh, the callers were uh, a few less, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, so you have that internal dialogue as opposed to if you've got one co-host and maybe you need to take some callers on to get some more conversation, but I thought it was cool. And, uh, and again, it never ceases to amaze me. The, the dedication and commitment to these callers that wait two and a half, three hours to, to get a t-shirt questions. Yeah. Yeah. To get a t-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> to get a t-shirt. So. Justin, how about you, man? Did you like the, the format being a little different? And, you know, I, I mean, it, it, when you have that many people in studio, not everybody gets as much airtime. Like Scott, Scott was pretty quiet. He might be a, a fairly quiet guy just in general, but he didn't get a lot of the uh, the acknowledgement. I think you know of Tyler and Kiefer, but still, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think I thought it was really good. It kind of seemed like it was always busy, um, yeah. like kind of like different people talking the whole time. Um, I think some people probably had more to say uh then they could have been there they were able to get out um just because of how many people there were and you know some of the call-ins and, and you know the, the the guests coming on the show but uh i actually i actually really liked it i thought it was really good i thought medaya was really good uh, i actually really liked talker like hearing him talk um and then i don't know scott at all i've heard of him and everything like that but i thought his you know his like him talk on there was really good uh, I personally had no idea who the other guy was, but I guess it's like some new guy that works there or something. But even him, like he was speaking really well. Um, and then of course, Keeper is always good. So yeah. yeah, it was. I thought it was really good. All right, let me ask you this question, uh, and I'll I'll go with you first, Justin. Um, what did Steve mention more, T Dags and Durotank or Kiefer's knee braces? Holy shit, there was a lot of Enduro Tank talk. Yeah, the the Enduro Tank thing I thought was pretty funny yeah, because sure. I mean that yeah. is like I didn't I obviously didn't really pay too much attention about what was going on for the race and everything and then I saw the tank but I honestly this my first thought was okay he just couldn't get you know there's a supply and demand problem we have right now so I'm thinking he just couldn't get like an oversized tank that was normal I didn't realize he was on a complete enduro bike yeah, yeah. Um, so for him to even score points on a like because that's obviously got a different transmission and everything in it um, that was pretty impressive but. 
Yeah, I think you mentioned that probably more. And then it was always, you know, titled in with him beating, you know, Phil and all that. Which of course. Kind of made it even better. Sure. Yeah, Randy, I feel like if, you know, if you brought something up that many times, he might, Steve might get a little frustrated. Uh, yeah, that's 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 one of the many ways that Steve's very opinionated, and uh, you have to respect it. And uh, and I, you know, I preparing for this uh, for this wrap up show, I did a little bit of research, and it was uh, he mentioned the oversized tank one hundred and sixty three times, <laughs> and he mentions keepers knees uh, forty one times. So that's, okay. that's the breakdown. Yeah, that's the breakdown for you. Vast yep. difference. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, hey, look, right off the bat of the show, Steve brings up Kiefer is supposed to be getting his haircut later the, the night due to the bet they set before Supercross started about Christian Craig winning the championship. Uh, most of the listeners probably were excited, right? I mean, I mean, the listeners love to shit on people when things go south. So I'm sure they were excited that Kiefer was going to get his haircut. And a bet's a bet, right? I mean, that's what I think. But let's hear what happened. Before the season started, you came in and just spouting off about Christian Craig the, and, and what he's going to do. He's going to win the championship. And I'm like, look, he's got one career. I said win. he was the man to beat. The bet was I had to shave my head if Christian won the championship. And it, early on, I mean, I was getting a lot of memes on Twitter and, yeah. and Instagram about, you know. You ready? Are you ready uh, yeah, to shave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but again, once again, uh, Steve ended up being right. Yeah, so there's the bet. Uh, I knew it wasn't a one-sided bet, and uh, we couldn't quite remember what it was. But thanks to Talent for digging up that audio. So uh, second commercial break. Is there anything I could do to stop this? <laughs> no, I'm going to pay my debts, Christian. Christian, here's what you can do. You want to save his hair? A, a, a race-worn, signed Christian Craig helmet for the studio. Anyone. It doesn't matter. Or... Okay. Or <laughs> five signed jerseys to give away to our listeners. Uh, I'll do either one. So, so you will do it. I'll, I'll pay my debt. You know that's that's worth to it to save his hair. To keep his hair. Yeah. What a guy. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Randy. Was Christian too nice? Are we disappointed? I I smell a setup. <laughs> okay. I didn't even think about I smell that. A, yeah, I smell a setup. Um, I think uh, I think there's some uh, some conversations. I think the tweets or emails will come out later and divulge the uh, the truth of the matter. Um, I think it's a little teamwork, a little one-two teamwork between Steve and Chris to save Chris's hair, and uh, but that's that's what I'm going with. Okay, yeah, Justin. There's no way I get out of that that bed if it was me. Uh, what do you think, man? Are you disappointed that Kiefer didn't have to bick his head? Uh, in a way, yes. And I'm actually, I kind of agree with Randy. Actually, not even kind of, I do agree with Randy. There was something going on to save his hair because I don't think Steve would let that go. I think he would be like, no, you're doing it. That's what we agreed on. Um, and I don't like, even the fact of like Christian being, you know, willing to like do something that's cool, but I don't know if maybe that was set up or something as well. But, uh, I mean, I'm a big Christian Craig fan. I, I buy his merch and I thought it was really cool that he was offering something to do something to save his hair. Um, but yeah, maybe there is something, you know, behind the scenes. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, my mind never went down that road at all. Like I never thought of it being pre kind of set up to get him out of it. It's interesting, uh, concept, Justin, both of you guys are probably the wrong guys to ask this question, but if, if it was you, would you rather have the signed helmet or the, the signed jerseys to give away to listeners? What do you think would be better? I mean, Justin, personally, for me, I, I want the I want the helmet. Okay, one hundred percent. I think the helmet's way cooler. Um, it's definitely, I think, more valuable and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, also, like with Steve, he gives back so much that I, I would see him more going towards the jersey thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's both of it's really cool. I think it'd be cool to have the helmet at the at his, uh, at his you know his dungeon there. But 
I personally think that he's got enough helmets there. I would do the jerseys. Okay. How about you, Randy? Would you? Uh, which one would you pick? Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that was they were going to go with the, the the listener poll, but of course they would all go for the the jersey. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I think as 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 opinionated at times that Steve can be, I think he probably would have went with uh, you know giving away the jerseys because uh, that helps spread the love with the pulp nation uh, for sure. Um, His big heart. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was I actually had an idea that I might next time I'm in studio I might uh, willingly I might you know shave my mustache unless uh chris Kiefer donates his knee braces that he's no longer oh. wearing so uh that could be you know that could be something right yeah you yeah. could donate those to the studio so Man, i can't imagine you shaving that mustache dude <laughs> ah i guess it, it all it goes happens. back they yeah. say exactly right yep. the older we get man i don't know about the hair growing back so that, that scares me but uh well let's stick with christian craig who went 11-9 for 12th overall apparently uh which apparently upset page at, at paula uh, Christian said he wanted to make sure his injury got through the day when Chris was kind of asking him how it went. You know, basically, Paula seemed like for a lot of guys was just we're just going to try to get through it, get through the day. How do you guys feel, Justin? How do you feel about that? I mean, you're a racer, obviously. Is that like that's you think that's okay for a long series? Like, let's just get through the first one and see where it goes. Uh, I mean, I've never been at the level of being able to be just get through the day and still finish in the top 10 in motos. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, personally for me, I, I go after everything as like, let's send it, you know, like we do warm up races in Europe and I don't take that warm up race as like, hey, let's just get ready for the German championship. I take them as like, I want to win this race. So, um, yeah, I mean, but for him, it's different. I mean, he's coming off an injury, you know? Sure. So yeah, I yeah. think his outlook is a lot different than, let's say, Tomac or someone like that because he's coming off injury and those guys are set to win. So I think if he wasn't uh, injured, you know, in the end of Supercross there, I think his idea in his head would have been a lot different going into that race. But I can see his point. I mean, he's been on the bike for two weeks and, you know, he broke his leg. So, right. right. Um, I mean, yeah, and especially the track with it being so rutted, that'd been a very easy to catch a leg and all that. And yeah, I mean, so uh, personally, I understand his side, um, and I, I agree with it. Um, but I think had he not been injured, it would have been a, definitely a different uh, idea going into that race. Yeah, I believe you're right. Uh, and Steve also asked him this. This was some a topic that came up a few times. To, to Christian, what was the biggest your biggest surprise of the day out there? And here's what he said: Was there a guy, Christian, that uh, you caught and passed? In practice, uh, you lapped. Anything that surprised you out there? Like anybody that you were like, oh, like, oh, this guy's going well? Or any, anything, anybody like that that caught your eye that you're like, wow, this is cool or, or anything like that? I mean, I guess I was caught off guard by by the guys I was battling with um, and right. where I finished. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Like the guys, say this was two years ago and I was battling with Musquin Tomac and I was in front of Cooper and Cincerello, I'd be fighting for a podium. Yep. Holy crap! And I never saw what place I was in because I was in a. I was literally just glued to Eli's rear wheel and just getting roosted the entire moto. Yep. And so I'm like, I was telling myself, I'm like, all right, if I'm right on Eli and we're battling with Musquin, I'm probably in like fifth, sixth, seven. You know, it's pretty good. And I come off, and my mechanic gets on the back, and he's like, that was a good ride. That was P9. And I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I just spent 30 minutes battling with, you know, yeah. Eli Tomac. Right. And that was for eight. Yeah, Randy, I love that this came up because we hear Steve and Kiefer and JT and Weeds, and we, we all discuss how deep the, the field is. 
But when you hear it from the writer's perspective and the surprise that Christian had at battling, you know, almost the, the back of the top 10, basically, with a guy like Eli, I just thought it was a really great perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because again, you go back to uh, the rider's perspective of where their competitors, where they're going to be, where, like where their level is, right? So yeah. if you're racing with this person, you assume you're in this position based on that person's history, right? And uh, so it goes back to the old question we, we hear, you know, uh, like JT and Steve go back and forth. Is Eli just another guy now, right? So um, and I think, I think we'll We'll see more in the coming rounds, but uh, but yeah, you, you, you're around. You're battling with who you're battling with, so you think you're in this range. <laughs> sure. And, uh, wait, you're, I'm not. You mean I'm back here? So yeah, I can see where that'd be frustrating for sure. Yeah, probably a big disappointment when he came off the track. I, I think Justin Jericho should have uh, should have been put in his position on the his P position on the the pit board, man. But uh, what do you think? Because T Dags also said, like you know, for him it, it was insane. Because if you hes- like you can't hesitate anymore. You, there's not a break. You can't take a, a breather. Basically, I mean the, the the field is just nuts right now, Justin. Yeah, I I imagine Jericho probably was putting on the board because Christian kind of mentioned he wasn't looking at it. He oh was yeah, focused yeah. on the battle. Um, so I imagine it was on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually that was like I have two of my favorite parts of the show, and that was one of them because. I mean, I, I've kind of kind of relate to that before, you know, and like we've all kind of been in that position before. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he's battling with all these guys, he's beating them, and he's around Reno, the you know, champ from two years ago and all this stuff. And he's like, comes on the track and he thinks he's gotten fourth or fifth maybe, yeah. and it's ninth. And you're just like, wait, what? You know, because <laughs> those guys that are usually in that position were, you know, second, third, fourth kind of situation, where it's like you don't expect that. Yeah, um, takes the wind out of sails. Also, yeah, like I would come off the track and I'd be kind of like, wait, what do you mean? You know, like after that, like I was just around Tomac and Cooper Webb and like these dudes were just winning and winning last year and like you're just like, how? You know, how's that possible? So that was, I really liked him saying that because I was sitting there thinking the same time and I was watching it like, man, he, you know, he's battling with all these guys and this is crazy freight train and they're for like seven, eight, nine, and ten. And you're just like, what? You yeah. know, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I, I actually really liked when he said that because that actually was I – mean, I could relate to it. You know, it's funny. I like that. And you, you mentioned that this is one of your two favorite uh, parts of the show. What was your other one? Because I'm, I'm hoping it's in my notes, something we're going to talk about. Oh, I just loved having Phil on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think that was <laughs> Motorsports thing and, and, uh, and Phil and, and Steve, like that. I, I can listen to Phil talk 24-7. I, I just love it. His dry sense of humor is amazing. Well – Thankfully, we will be getting to Filthy Phil Nicoletti towards the end of the wrap-up show. You guys are going to have to stay tuned. Hey, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 to save 25% off at sealsavers.com. All right, Randy, after this round at Paula, the guys still aren't sure where all the riders actually fit in. So here's some 250 thoughts. And this, this segment came from the X-Brand tear-off segment. The Jet, Jmart, and Cooper, to me, I'll start with you, Scott. Jump in here. 
that's my three, I think, all summer. Obviously, it will change, but that, to me, is what we're going to see. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter's going to get in there. Forkner will get better. I, I see that happening, though. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned Forkner. What was interesting is the Cowie guys just weren't there. It no. It felt like the entire – both motos. Yeah. McAdoo, I think, will be out for a while with his knee injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah. After the race, he's like, the future beat me. The future beat me. Jay <laughs> 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 yeah, Marsh just got this chip, dude. He just runs it. I love it. Oh, but don't you feel, uh, Tyler, those three? I mean – Yeah, I think um, I think Forkner can get back into it. Just, just judging by his speed – Honestly, I do think Max uh, Volan will get more starts like that, and I think he'll be able to he, be up there, man. I think he makes the podium in the first moto. Yeah. But I see Jamar getting better, right? And maybe Jet recessing yep. a little bit as the season goes on. Jamar knows how to win. I feel like he wants to. I feel like he was in a position, like he felt like I'm in a position right now. I can get second. This is good points. I can get out of here. Let's let's move forward, right? Jmart, from what I saw at Paula, I still think he's in the driver's seat, pending if he is healthy. I also think Colt Nichols will be better. All right, Randy. So Steve pretty much stuck on the three guys, right? Jet, Jmart, and Coop. While the other guy, Justin Cooper, while the other guys have some different, a little bit of difference of opinions. What do you think, man? I mean, is is Steve all knowing? Steve is he right? Is pretty much going to be those three guys that are going to kind of take over or I feel like Forkner would definitely have some fight in him and, and I agree with pretty much all the guys you know like I think Max will do really well and I definitely Colt think Colt's going to get better but what do you think about it all I, I think it's safe to say that those three will consistently be in the top five okay uh, you know what I mean in other words uh I, I think I think they probably are the favorites um I know that uh Forkner had said has been quoted as saying he wanted to you know work on being in the top ten, then work mm-hmm. on being in the top five, and then go from there. Um, and that's a sign of maturity, I think, and and hopefully that'll play out because I think he adds a lot to um, the series. But but yeah, I, w- I would agree that those three key ones, and I, and I think I think Hunter Lawrence is going to get up in the and uh, will consistently get up in the top three to five as well. So okay, uh, and Justin, uh, with you, I want to ask. About the, what Kiefer said, that he thinks Jet's going to recess a little bit, kind of maybe fall back some, while J-Mart will continue to be the favorite. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I can see his point there where J-Mart's done it um, and can take it all the way to the end and knows how to do it mentally, um, and then Jet doesn't. Um, but then again, at the same time, I've seen Jet win a championship in Europe. I was there for it. I watched it. And that dude knows how to take it to the end, in my opinion. So I think he'll be there the whole time, uh, no issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I can see Keeper's point, but then again, like I said, it wasn't a big championship. It was a youngster cup in the German outdoors. Mm-hmm. But still, I watched him take it to the end, and he rode just as good from the beginning to the end of the series and was winning the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, I can see it, but I still think he'll be good all the way to the end. Well, let me ask you this: What they they mentioned Moseman being having an underrated ride at one point, but then in this discussion they didn't really talk about him being one of the guys to be top three, four, five consistently. Do you think that he will be outside that top five consistently, you know, or be inconsistent with being up there, or do you think he will improve? Uh, I think he'll be one of those guys that you'll see right in the top five every time. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, everyone's going to have a bad moto here and there, and that might be a eighth or it could be a, you know, a 20, who knows, out of, you sure. know, it's, it's outdoors. Um, but 
yeah, I think he'll be there right in there the whole time. I mean, like I said, I didn't, I really didn't say, but I didn't really see him the entire time. But apparently, I think he went four four. Yeah, I believe and so. And that's solid. <laughs> like that's really good. And I I know his first race. I heard Medalia say that he came from like thirteenth, which is super impressive, uh, especially in that field. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's going to be the guy who's going to sneak up on the podium here and there. And uh, but I still think you know, like your your top three guys are going to be the ones that are on the podium. But okay. Hunter Lawrence is going to come in there. I think Forker, when you get to some more sandyish tracks, will be up in there. Um, but that class is so deep, man. Anyone can be up there. It's like four fifty almost. Man, it's a great time to be to be loving motocross, supercross right now. Uh, Randy, what about Steve's comment? And this this may just be you know, radio stuff, but he says the trolls whole season is coming up this weekend at Lakewood. I, I think there's some truth to it. Like he has to do, he definitely has to improve, but I don't know if that his season is on the line. Basically. What do you think? Whose season? Phil? A, a troll. I, did I say, I may have troll. said Phil, okay, but troll, 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 sorry. No, 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 yeah. no, I may have um, said Phil. No, no, no. I just, I misunderstood you. Um, I don't. I don't think the whole season there. You know, I, I watched uh, his vlog recently, and he was talking about how how hard hitting the bike was, and and they were talking about moving the power around, but then they talked about maybe leaving it uh, the same for Colorado because the elevation may you know negate that hit that it has. I, I don't think his whole season is is contingent upon the results um in colorado but it definitely will either uh you know write the course for him or uh dig his hole deeper and that's more of a you know a mental thing more than sure. a points thing right yeah yeah i mean you know being on that on that privateer team you know man luck yamaha mm-hmm. i mean i know that bike's good stock but yeah there i i wonder if he continues to have bad results if it starts getting in his head mentally that ah oh, did i make a mistake you know with this team and like that stuff could start wearing on you, Justin, and, and you're if you are you know in a negative headspace, then your your physical you know positions are probably going to drop too. Yeah, I don't think he has any negativity towards the bike when he says it's the fastest he's ever had. Um, yeah, for I now though. Have, I, yeah, I think when you have that, it's like, man, I I could only imagine having one of the fastest bikes like that, you know. And you know that guy can build good stuff. I don't know yeah. that guy's chassis stuff at all. Or if his engines explode, I have no idea, you know. So um, I think it's definitely a little bit different going from JGR, where it's a full-blown factory team and all this personnel to, I mean, I believe they said there was, what, three guys that are at that rig, um, you know, and who knows how their parts are and all that stuff. But I think, um, you know, when you go into Colorado, I was, when I watched the vlog as well, I liked what Jim was saying with leaving the power because you're going to need it in Thunder Valley. And if the thing's really is explosive, well, I would leave it that way, especially for that race. Um, so I think you're going to see better finishes there and especially better starts um, out of Alex. And I think if he has that, he'll be fine. Um, but, I, I mean, Alex is fit. You know, you can't really doubt that. So I think when he gets to some hotter races, will be better. But I wouldn't put his whole season kind of based on, you know, how this next weekend goes. Right. Okay, good point. Uh, how about a giveaway, guys? Works Connection Pro Launch device. All you got to do is send an email to contest at pulpmxshow.com, and you get a chance to win one. And again, I'm I, unless I come up with a fake email, I am not a, I am not uh, you know allowed to win. It's it's kind of sucks. It's getting a little ridiculous. It's not fair, Randy. 
we we've heard that almost as much as we we've, we've yeah. heard about that uh, oversized gas tank. Yeah, Eric sent me a, a message before the show. He said, "Hey, we're giving away a pro launch device. You need to enter. You know, it'd be funny if you want." I was, I was trying to get Marks to call my name, but <laughs> he didn't. He ignored it. Um, <sighs> hey, so you guys think? I'll go with you, Randy. Was Steve was Steve too distracted Monday night with the hockey game? Did it bother you? Had it, you know, again, had it been you in studio watching the TV, he'd probably be like, how's that TV? Yeah, I, yeah. And, and I, maybe I misunderstood. I thought maybe he was no longer doing the Pulp Mix uh, hockey podcast. So I, I don't know why he's that focused on it, right? Um, right. I, I think, I think priorities, hockey. right? Yeah, it's just hockey. And no one, including myself, I think, cares about hockey. So, um, no, I, no it, it's, I understand his passion for it. And sure. I know that's, that's, that's a large part of Canadian uh, culture. Um, um, but, but, but you're right. If the tables had the tables been turned and, and it been, uh, you know, someone there uh, looking at a, another sporting event or whatever on their phone, they were so distracted. Oh yeah. He would have, he would have given them teetotal about it. Right. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, I thought Justin, you've been in there within the last, you know, few months or a year or it's been a little while, I guess, but I don't think he has that TV on normally anymore. Does he, for people to watch? Cause, cause I was uh, distracting. Yeah, no, it's on, but it's, okay. I, I don't think I've been there when there's a game or anything going. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, like him bringing it up every now and then. Cause I, I, I mean, it's, it's his thing, you know, yeah. like he's always talking about it. If you look at his Twitter and all that, it's, he's tweeting about it and all that. So I'm fine with that. Um, but I didn't think he brought it up too much. Personally. Okay. Maybe he could have, maybe he could have backed it down a little, but honestly, it's, I mean, it was a game going on. It's, it's fine. Well, yeah, it's a playoff game with his favorite team. I get it. Just busting balls because yeah, I think <laughs> again, if the roles were reversed, he probably wouldn't have it. He doesn't even like it when the guys look at their phones, but I, I, I get it. I mean, last week, I don't know if you guys could hear in the background, but Pookie was yelling and screaming upstairs at her hockey game. So it is definitely a hockey household. Uh, all right, let's stick with 250 talk for a little bit, and let's get back into Jet Lawrence. Uh, JT brought up a topic that gave some pretty good content. Daniel Blair has a take, and on the surface, the take isn't that bad. He, he's basically saying that Jet Lawrence is a once-in-a-generation talent. I immediately push back a little bit because there's so much there to dive into what defines a generation. He hasn't, in my opinion, he hasn't done quite enough to deserve that tag yet. You know, maybe he will, and that's fine. Good for him. I, I'm a huge Joe Lawrence fan, but I think it's early. He, ha- he just lost the Supercross series to Justin Cooper, who I don't believe is a generational talent, you know, or anything like that. Uh, he started diving into saying that Jed is just as good as Stu, and he should be comparing him to Stu. Stu's kind of in his, a league of his own yeah. as far as that stuff goes. Stu, Bradshaw, RC won the first year they started racing. Jet got fifth overall last summer. Jet Lawrence is great. He's got the red plate. Awesome. Incredible rider. He's 17 years old, which can't be emphasized enough. It's just early. What we're, what you see in like his results being not um, as high, like say as Stu, the equipment, the competition, I think is all um, elevated, but you have to consider his charisma. So you think that the, the 250 class in motocross as we see it now is more difficult than it was when Stu was doing it? Because I don't. I'm not saying it's all-time deep, but I think the equipment variance was, was a lot uh, more. Renard was also a can't miss guy. Right. And he did. You know, Wyndham, 
not a great career, but not, you know, the heights that no we No titles, right? Right. The titles is, is really the, the so key there. It's super early to be calling. Jet has no titles. All right, Justin, I'm going to go to you. It's, I, I agree. I think it's way too early, but there is a, a lot of hype around Jet for any results he's really put out in, in America yet. Yeah, I was actually just saying, I think it was today or yesterday, that he is kind of like, to me, he's the next generation for our sport. Okay. Um, like, he is that next guy coming up. Um, just because, think about it, he's he's 17 years old. He needs his dad to even be there to <laughs> sign in and stuff like that, and the kid can win Supercrosses. Um, so if you ask me, I mean, no, is he at Stewart's level? No, nobody is. Nobody ever would be, I don't think, because that dude was unbelievable. But he was also, our sports, you know, changed so much that maybe he is that type of guy and that everyone else is just as good too, you know? But, um, yeah, to me, I think he's the next generation, uh, for us. Um, he's going to, I wouldn't say he's going to change things, but I think he's going to, help our generation with, you know, younger kids coming in and starting um, a little earlier like he is. And, uh, man, watching him, the stuff that he does on a motorcycle with the wheel taps and, and his whoop speed and all that, he's pretty phenomenal. And uh, to do that at 17, that's impressive. Yeah, I guess I could see younger kids now, say kids that are six, seven, eight right now, and they're watching him on TV. And like T-Dag said, the charisma plus his riding ability – that, that would draw kids in. Like kids are going to be drawn to that character, that person, and 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 maybe even if he doesn't go on to break records, it, it, he could be generational in that way at the very least. Where he's, uh, you know, a, a, the one of the most popular riders of all time, possibly like a Travis Pastrana, or you know, it'd be just because of who, the way he is, right? I mean, I could see that. Yeah, he reminds me of Pastrana personally, um, with just like how he is, like a fan favorite yes. and all that, and. And the way he delivers himself, and he's having fun, even when he's in second, he's super pumped for his buddy who just won. Yep. Like all these things, you know, like he he is what our sport needs. I mean, like I literally can't say that enough. He he is what the sport needs. Um, and like I said, he he holds himself very well off the track, and he's doing so many good marketing things. Obviously, a lot of it's his agent, but he also handles it as if it's him. You know, like there's so much stuff like that we need out of him and. Um, and you got to think the kid, I, I think when he was like 10 or 11, he was like a break dancer, you know, he wasn't even okay. really that serious in the racing and then, <laughs> you know, starts racing in Europe. And then now look at him at 17, he's winning super crosses and is now leading the championship. Like he, he's insane. The dude, the dude's awesome. I'm, a, I'm honestly a huge fan of him. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. Uh, Randy, you know, you know, TP pretty well. And I, I, I like what Justin just said, cause I've always said that Travis, he reminded me of one of my favorite riders, and you know, which was Guy Cooper, because no matter how bad they're doing, it seems like they're smiling and they would jump anything, and it like made me a fan favorite, or them a fan favorite of mine. And, and I, I like that comparison with Jet. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that that uh, a rider's personality, their persona, their their character, and everything is is way more important nowadays. Um, you know, me being you know fifty four and being a fan of you know Bob Hanna and then Rick Johnson and so on. Uh, a lot of what you were were influenced by was 
you know, waiting a week and looking in cycle news and finding out who won. Right. And that's, that's really all you knew. Um, uh, RJ, who was also quite the break dancer, um, you know, he really changed the game. He changed the game. He was, he was a generational talent and, you know, a revolutionary talent in that he changed the sport in a lot of ways and, and really his personality, um, made a huge impact on the sport as did Jeremy McGrath, right? When he came on board and, and his personality really shined. So I, I see, uh, you know, we can get into the generational talent, right? But, I, but I would, uh, I, I don't know that, that jet is a revolutionary talent. You know, I don't know that he's effectively going to change the sport as mm-hmm. did, you know, James Stewart, uh, from a technique and, and, uh, maneuvering the bike or as Carmichael did from a training aspect. Right. But I think that, you know, like Justin was saying, I think that, uh, the personality of jet, will have a huge impact on a very young demographic. And a lot of that demographic, I think, and hope is, is people who are new to motorcycling, especially with this, you know, pandemic and, and increase in sales and you can't find pit bikes and dirt bikes in, in dealerships across the country. Right. So there are a lot more people who are involved in motorcycles and in tune to what's going on, maybe watching the racing. And if they're seeing some, bland dude that's like a wet rag on the podium uh, with his interview yeah well i'm not naming names but i'm just saying that that if if that's what they see uh then that that doesn't inspire you to be more like that person right or or to be passionate about the sport whereas um dude when i i see um you know jet and i get fired up dude it it makes me want a donut and uh (laughs) and go have some fun right so absolutely Oh, staying on Jet for just another moment. Kiefer had some comments about him that could be, and maybe even were, because I feel like there was a caller that called in about this, kind of taken out of context, where he said he doesn't get excited by Jet's riding, Justin. Uh, and I don't believe he meant it as, as an insult, but let's listen to it, and we'll, we'll see what you think. For me, when I watch Jet ride... I, I don't get excited because there's nothing there that I'm like, oh, my God, it looks so beautiful or he's ripping in this corner. But his racecraft is years beyond his age. You can get guys that can calm down under pressure and that could clearly think where one guy's going. I'm going to go here and you watch him and you play this this race back from Saturday um, back at your house. Watch him use alternate lines. He will go somewhere where he knows the guy's going to go. He will go around that and go faster in that area to make the pass. For me, when I watch him, it's not so much technique and things. It's how he uh, processes the race within uh, his brain. That's impressive to me. I just think like we're hyping him a lot, and I was I kind of you know talk some shit on him in supercross because like the broadcast always like jet this jet this i'm gonna suck jet off this and i'm just like i'm kind of burnt out on jet just let the dude ride let him do what he does the best and let me like him organically instead of shoving him down my throat the amount of talent that kid has is like beyond anybody that i think i've ever seen before like i think we're in for a did you not see james Stewart? yeah i know but i think even he could match what what all right justin so what Kiefer said sort of pretty much mirrored what Randy said, right? It's it's not he's not changing the technique and changing the way motorcycles are rode, but then T Dag's kind of almost totally like said the opposite. But uh, what do you think, man? I mean, I, I agree with Kiefer. It's his racecraft is what's most impressive. 
Yeah, I think Stuart changed it with, uh, like Randy said, Stuart changed it with the whole doing everything that Jeff does now. I don't think that's ever going to change. So I don't agree with, like, he's going to be this revolutionary rider. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, comically, like, everything Randy said was, like, pretty much spot on when I was thinking, you know, with the training and all that. So, in my opinion, um, yeah, his racecraft is a lot like Webb. Um, he can kind of figure things out and do things differently the whole time. Uh, but I also sit there and I love watching him ride, you know, just with everything he does, he's always very centered. Um, and he can do a lot of things that a lot of people can't do, which is pretty sweet. And he's also like fearless. Like the kid just does whatever he wants to do. I mean, I think that's from being young. He doesn't really think about the consequences yet. Uh, where me, I'm like, ah, you know, I don't think so. I'm 28, you know, so, uh, it's a little bit different, but, yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I agree with, with Kiefer there a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, I really love watching the dude ride, so I don't, I, I understand his point, but at the same time, like, he does have that technique and that style that I think is really cool to watch. Yeah, I love that this stuff gets brought up, you know, on the Pulp Mech show, and they break this stuff down, because, you know, maybe I missed some of that. Like, maybe I missed what, what Kiefer was talking about, about him going on the outside and carrying the speed, you know, so, like, then go back and watch the race. And, you know, so you, you don't always catch everything, but um, hearing this stuff makes me go back and kind of rewatch and see what he, what like Kiefer saw or what Steve saw that maybe I missed. Uh, Randy, uh, you want to tell us about Michelin bicycle tires? Man, I'd love to. So <clears throat> you all know about the Michelin motorcycle tires from the janky Pulp MX show. Uh, and now I'm excited to announce that Michelin bicycle tires is the proud sponsor of the internet and the world's best uh motorcycle wrap-up show yeah the pulp mx wrap-up show so uh yeah in all seriousness uh in, in not many people know that michelin began michelin the global company we know we began uh with bicycle products back in 1891 and uh still make a wide range of, of bicycle tires so if you'd like to ride the same michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legends cam zinc nikolai rogatkin Ethan Nail and Strava Steve Mathis. Visit your local dealer or bicycle online retailer to purchase the Michelin products that are best for you and your bike. Were you there in 1891 on opening day? Well, you know, I'll take that as a comment. Um, <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Right. I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't figure you were. Oh, man, what a time to be alive, though. That's awesome. Man, yeah. 1891, Justin. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even seem like possible. Like this place, this this company is still around. Michelin is still kicking butt, man. That's rad. Yeah, I mean, thirty years born this yet. year. <laughs> what you say, Justin? You weren't born you weren't, yet. I, I wasn't even born, born yet. yet, so yeah, I was ninety three. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit before my time, but it's. I mean, no, whoa, 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 whoa. good. Whoa, whoa! Now you sound like my son talking about the nineteen hundreds, <laughs> Justin. It's eighteen ninety one. Yeah, eighteen ninety one. Yeah, eighteen ninety one. Yeah, way, so, way so before it was, me. It was it was a hundred years before you were born. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Insanity. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's uh, let's do some four fifty talk. Uh, look, before Paula, Ken sounded depressed. I know Steve's talked about it on the show. I was in the pre race press conference. Hell, I was actually the one that asked him. I I think my question was something along the lines of. We we have under you know we've underestimated you. We're we're not expecting a lot out of you. Tell me about your health and why we should believe you're a hundred percent. And he's basically said I'm not a hundred percent and I'm disconnected from the nationals. I mean, I literally was like worried about him after seeing this press conference. Um, Steve asked Chris Kiefer on Monday night 
if Ken is just playing possum, because Kiefer had tweeted that, and I was like, no, I'm 100% out on Ken Roxon. This was before Paula, and I was obviously you know, proven wrong so far, but let's listen to what they talked about Monday night. Kenny Roxon wins the second moto. And he was depressed coming into the race. I don't know if you guys saw his, his press conference. Like he, Kiefer, you think it's possible? I, I don't think he's just like, hey, I'm going to snow everybody. I feel great, right. and I'm just telling everybody this. But I think he wants to switch up his mentality a little bit. Um, he's kind of a carefree, free spirit kind of guy. Yeah. Um, he's trying to calm himself down, maybe maybe not build all this pressure up himself because that's what riders do. I think he had a great Supercross season, but I think having Cooper fuck with him all year and just mentally beat him down, there's not one set roadmap to being a champion. Not everyone is like Cooper. He's trying to calm everyone down around him and say, hey, you know what? Don't feel really great. I'll just see how it comes. Everything, you know, we don't know. And... And that's what I mean by possum. I just think he's trying to, like, underplay it he, and then just ride how he rides. Ride better. I don't know, man. When you're Ken Roxon and you're paid millions of dollars to be a title guy. But what does it matter what he says prior to as long as the results show? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all that uh, matters, right? But I, I would argue that the jury's out. One moto did not show. One moto did show. So let's see. Is six really that bad now? Well, going backwards is it's, bad for a guy like Kenny. I think he just needed a reset with that that whole the Cooper thing, and, I, and it's probably it probably like their whole camp were probably like, look, man, you just gotta forget this, you know, just see how the first round goes, like just trying to get right. like some energy, like positivity in him. And you know, for me, I thought I'm surprised that he did that well. And like Keeper said, I think between sixth and first, like these guys it's it's a crapshoot all right randy i'm gonna say i still am out on kenny i don't agree with chris i don't think that any of what he said is the case uh i'll I'll believe it if he's once it starts getting really hot and he still is up there then i'll i'll maybe buy in but uh what do you think about what they said about kenny i i think that 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 what they said is 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 as confusing right now as Kenny himself is. <laughs> okay, yeah, right? yeah. Um yeah, an amazing phenomenal talent, right? Yes, we we yes. there's no no doubting that and and I think that regardless of health, health issues, he's in phenomenal shape, right? Um but the 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 mental challenges that he faced, right? Or 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 that Cooper Webb gave him in the final run of that Supercross series has to have an impact on him. So I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think, I think more so a question of which Eli will, will show up. I, I think it's which, uh, which Ken Roxon will show up in the coming rounds. Yeah, I think so too. And Justin, I will, let me retract part of what I said. I did agree with Kiefer on Cooper Webb fucking with him all, all winter, Definitely had a toll on my what I did not absolutely agree, what I did not agree with is that he's just saying that to calm everybody down and to switch up his mentality. I just of course obviously i'm I'm not a pro writer. I think everybody knows that justin, but i don't I just don't believe that. I don't think Kenny can do that all of a sudden because he's never been able to do that before I, I just don't buy in, but let me get your thoughts yeah i uh i mean i i I mean I was always at every single supercross this year and in my opinion, he was just completely beat down. Yep. Um, 
ending it for sure. Like, especially seeing his mistake and then watching him go backwards and super cross. And then I, my opinion before outdoors was I was not in on Ken at on playing pulp and everything. And I didn't even consider picking him. Um, it wouldn't even be an option to me just because my thought was, man, he's going to go three, four rounds and he's going to be you know sick or something again. And then he's going to pull out. That was my thought. Um, so to I didn't watch the pre-race stuff or the the press conference or anything, so I don't really know what was said until obviously you just said it. But in my opinion, um, I was completely blown away to see him win that moto. Um, I did not expect that at all. Uh, The six even kind of surprised me. Um, I don't know if he would have won that moto if, say, second place was Cooper. I think maybe Cooper would have maybe found something there a little bit um, just because I think he wanted to keep beating them down, um, you know, or something like that. But yeah, I, I was kind of shocked on it. I don't, I don't think he's playing possum with anything. I don't think anyone really does that. I think the last thing people want to do is or even like as me as right. I don't want to give anyone like, you know, confidence that they can beat me because I'm dealing with something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't think that was it. I think he was beat down and I think he was honestly shocked that he won that moto as well. I mean, in my opinion, I think he was going to the season just like maybe coming up with an excuse of somehow to pull out, you know, after a few rounds. I, this is just speculation, you know, just, you know, talking. But maybe, you know, something to come out for a few rounds and, and then pull out and have a reason that he was not into it or sick yep. or something. And then he wins that moto. And I think now maybe you're going to see someone a little bit better at Thunder Valley, in my opinion. Okay. So I, I still don't think he's going to do any better. It's supposed to be at elevation. I just figure, I feel like these physical things are going to take – some physical things are going to start happening, but like if you go back, you probably won't do this. But if anybody goes back and listens to that press conference, the preseason press conference, when he said those things, they said those things he said sound depressing. But then he said it in a depressing tone, like like he had his dog had just passed away, and it, you know, it, like something big, traumatic life event had happened. He just sounded like I was worried. Like literally, I was something is not right with this guy. But we'll see, man. I'm like, I hope he turns it around. I mean, I think he's a great dude. He still finished second in Supercross, and we, we kind of talk about him as if he's, you know, lost everything. But, I mean, you know, I just – I don't expect him to stay in the series. I called after after Lakewood this weekend he'd be out, but I, I'd probably be wrong. I'll probably be proven wrong now, but we'll see what happens. Um, also, Steve, uh, Steve wanted to know – he asked everybody – what they were most surprised with Dylan Ferrandis winning the overall or Tomac finishing, you know, where he finished. So let's check that out. Biggest surprise Dylan Ferrandis winning 450 class in Paula or Eli Tomac just looking normal. I'm going to say Ferrandis winning. Okay. Because uh, out of all the guys that I would assume be popping off on round one, he wasn't in that mix. Right. And with him being a rookie, obviously, in his 450 year, I would have thought nerves would have got the best of him a little bit and uh, didn't show. I mean, look, he's an outdoor national champion, 250 class. And and I I think we forget that, but it doesn't translate when you go to 450. And Tomac. That doesn't surprise me. And everyone's saying, oh, he's got a Yamaha contract. He's he's going to cruise it in. No, that's not him. But that's Tomac. He will... Look it. Will it surprise you? I mean, maybe not Colorado because that's his hometown race. But like, if he goes to uh, Buds or something and just kills everyone by ten to fifteen seconds, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Lakewood is huge for Tomac. He's got to be on the podium. If he, yeah. So if he does another nine eight at Lakewood, we're in trouble. Uh, Justin, so I'm going to ask you that question. You know, what of those two main topics, Dylan winning or Tomac where he finished? 
were you most surprised about? Uh, man, it's really hard to say because I've I've seen Dylan ride at Paula before the season, and he looked good. And I was like, man, like this dude's ripping, and then you know he's in shape. You know, you never have to question that with him. He can go the distance. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to go more shocked with Dylan winning. Um, okay. I didn't really expect it. I expected him to be top five, but not a win. Um, Tomac right now, to me, this is kind of expected out of him in a way. Like, it, he just seems out of it. You know, even the last few Supercrosses, he just seemed out of it. Um, so I'm not too surprised by that. But I do agree that if he does that again this weekend, it's over. Like, he's done. Like, he might obviously win one. You know, he just has, like, these crazy just one-off races where he just kills it like he does in Supercross at, like, Atlanta or something. But, um, yeah, I, I, if this weekend goes bad, it's I, I think he has to be first or second for it to be good. Okay, yeah. I, I was more surprised, Randy, by Tomac because I actually picked him to win. Uh, and I, I figured Dylan would get some podiums and maybe even a win this year. Not so early, but uh, Tomac was my surprise. But what about you? I, I, honestly, I, I agree with Kiefer. I was a bit more surprised uh, with, with Ferrandez uh, winning. Not not that he couldn't because obviously he proved that he can. But, um, you know, you, you have uh, – you know, Webb coming in off a supercross, you have, um, you know, Cincerillo fast qualifier. Yeah. And we know that he's fast up front. And of course, without his fall, things could have been different. Um, you have Sexton, right. That won the final round Paula last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, so, so I could see him winning. So, so no disrespect to, to Dylan, but there were other people whom I would have expected who, whom I would have been less surprised had they won. Um, the, the Tomac that we saw is, is a Tomac that we've seen quite a bit of. So from time to time. So, uh, yeah, Tomac, Tomac could go uh, crush him with a 1-1 this coming weekend, and then the third round go, you know, 6-8 again. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's yeah. just He can fluctuate a bit. So, anyway, I was uh, more surprised and, and happy to see uh, Dylan's um, win as it just adds a more uh, parity in the, in the championship. I 100% agree with that. Uh, Justin, let me ask you this, man. With these, within the show – a topic like this, it's a general topic, general discussion topic, versus having Christian Craig on, who was on earlier in the show, and breaking down his race. Like, what what do you like better when you're sitting back listening to the show? Does it matter to you? Uh, I mean, I like to hear the rider talk about their race, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to wonder if they're really telling you everything. Right. Well, obviously, every rider. Like, I don't know why this sport's so secretive. I've been trying to figure this out for years. Um, I don't like it. For me, I say everything, you know, no matter if it was good or bad. But, um, yeah, like, I like to hear the rider speak. But then again, if, if I go talk to Christian face-to-face compared to him talking on, you know, the show, I think I'm going to get different answers. But I think that's with every single rider. Um, but I also really like listening to them discuss it because, like Steve and Keith, and those guys aren't going to hold back anything. You know, like they're going to say what they think. But then again, at the same time, it's you know they could be fifty-fifty if they're wrong or right, and you have a better chance of being you know having the right answer from the actual rider. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm fifty-fifty on it. I guess okay. I would say I like both. Um, maybe lean a little bit more towards Steve and them speaking because, like I said, they don't hold back, and sometimes riders do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's I like the general discussion generally more, unless it's like Filthy Phil, who we are going to get to. Um, 
So besides asking who the biggest surprise was, Randy, he also asked who they who these guys are most worried about. Who are you most worried for uh, going forward for 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 Denver for round two? Kind of like I don't really want to say it because I like the guy Bogle. Or we just give him a pass because it's it's first round back after a while. But doesn't that depend on your expectations? Where are you on Web? Where where do you think this season takes Web? No problems. We're fine. Not okay. a not a great opener, but again, really, yeah, I we'll be fine. Man, Tomac is the one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, he's still going down the same road with Web. I think that only furthered my conviction. Right. Uh, I just don't think. I don't think it's hearts in in this summer. I really don't. It's just like I can't see Ferrandez winning this title. I can't yeah. see Roxy winning this title. I can't see AP winning this title. I can't see Barcia winning this title. Now you start looking at guys that can win this title to me. Sexton, fifth overall, can win the title. Marvin, seventh, can win the title. Webb can win the title, eighth. You know what I mean? Osborne, Tomac, they can all win the title. So that's where I'm like, okay, I don't see it. But. All right, Randy. So, you know, Steve says he's kind of worried about Bogle, which I like JT's response. You know, well, what do you expect out of him, basically? What are your expectations? Uh, we've got a Tomac, and then we've got JT, who's worried about Cooper. Um, all right, let me give your thoughts. Yeah, I think I think the valid thing or the, the, the most important thing is well, what are your expectations? Yep. And, and most importantly, what's each individual rider's expectations, right? Whether they come into it, for example, if you're a Bogle and you come in with, all right, I want to be 10 to 15 or I want to be top five, um, that that your own personal expectations are what really sets the tone for your season, I think, and, and where you fall within that, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I do – I see where JT's coming with – coming from with Cooper Webb uh, yeah, because Cooper well Cooper did say he wants to win this thing and JT mm-hmm. is not buying in I believe Cooper just based off his reaction to that question and talking about it with him a couple times so I am worried about his result from the first race uh, Justin but again it's just the first race and I, I totally expect that to improve yeah I mean in my opinion Cooper's won everything that there is to win except yeah for the outdoor championship so before the season i was thinking man this is like the guy you know like this this guy is going to want it more than anybody else and he's going to be it but if you also look at the supercross he doesn't always start the best like he's good but he doesn't start the best um so i think he's going to get better and better and better through the season um he just can't have any more of what he just did i think he needs to you know constantly each week can be better than he was before because the seasons i mean it's 24 motos but man that's pretty short and like if you really are thinking about it mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean he's i think he i wouldn't call him my guy to win but if anyone wants it the most it's going to be him and he just has to really you know bite the bullet and like he's got to make it happen now yeah i think I, we're going to I think we're going to see a big turnaround in Lakewood. I, I just don't expect him to go backwards like that again. Um, Randy, so Steve, you know, it, he didn't say it on this audio that I just played, but he said that Justin Bogle and Dino are in trouble. I don't know how I feel about that, man. I, I don't – we kind of touched on Bogle, but I don't – I think they're about where I would expect them to be for the most part. Like, I, I think their teams are probably fairly understanding of, like, of, the, of those expectations. I mean, I, I know Dino has paid – probably a little more than Bogle is, but I don't expect much more out of them than what we got. Yeah. And, and I don't know what, what it means by in trouble. They're in trouble of, of, of 
um, meeting Steve's expectations for them, or they're in trouble of meeting their own expectations, or they're in trouble of keeping a ride next year. Right? Yeah. So that's. Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 so so tough to 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 just look at a snapshot of the first round. Sure. Right? There's so many variables and so many things. Um, I, like like Justin was saying, I think that as the series goes on, I think Cooper Webb's going to get stronger and stronger. And, and everyone likes to talk about the the physical burden of the outdoor series and how much it wears you down and everything like that. Um, there's no doubt Cooper Webb's in great shape, but I would argue that he probably will. Um, continue to get mentally stronger as the series wears on, right? Or or be less mentally worn down as as it seems to affect some other riders, right? Yeah, I think so. Good point. Uh, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit, Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And Justin, that company was also started before you were born. Yeah, and I'm using it now. Love it. I actually just built. I actually just bought another seat base to uh, to build up. So I have two seats now that are like basically brand new uh, with their seat foam and everything. It's, it could not be any better. They are good. I just got rid of one when I sold my, my my race bike. I got rid of my bike last week, and I had to let the gut seat cover go with it. <sighs> I think you need another one. Yeah, I, I probably could. I just got, <laughs> I, got, I got to get another bike first, so. Uh, yeah, I had I had uh, I had them build me two different seat covers like colors, yeah, and uh, okay. I was like, man, I don't want to I don't want to use one for a little bit and then you know take it off and put another one on. I'm like, I'm just going to buy another seat base and then build up two seats. There so you go, I have two seats with two different covers on it. <laughs> you go, Justin. A uh, couple. Of yeah, my- it'll work for users like user uh, like for next year and stuff. Right, so right. Good. Yeah. A <laughs> couple of my favorite segments are the Race Tech Rant Pulp Code uh, Pulp Twenty One to save. And the X-Brand tear-offs. Um, Randy, this week's Race Tech rant, man, I, I just didn't even care. It was about hockey. And once again, the Leafs, Steve's favorite team, after 35 years of support, they finally win their division and they blow a 3-1 lead in the series. Uh, again, we already talked about hockey. So I want to give my own rant, if that's okay with you guys, real quick. Anybody, anybody, yeah. anybody object? Uh, yeah, go no, for I was going to say my Race Tech rant was that he talked about hockey. So go ahead. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, <laughs> Same. Yeah, so I, as everybody knows, I watched Monday Nights live on YouTube, and I'm looking at the comments, and there was a couple comments, and I see these type of comments every week during the show that are just fucking piss me off. One guy was complaining, said uh, the about Paula. They were talking about Paula. He says it's a one line track and a boring race, dude. Fuck you. It, It was a it was a fucking motocross race we got to watch on live TV. There was good, uh, lots of action. I love the sport. I, I don't know, Randy. I just get sick of people complaining about anything positive. They just they have to find some way to break it down. It just irritates the shit out of me. That's that's our unfortunately that's our society today. Yeah. And 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 I have a, the Randyism that uh, some people just aren't happy unless they're miserable. Yes, you have said that before, and, and you're right. And it, yeah, I shouldn't just, let it get under my skin. Yeah, but it's also just in the other comment I saw said that. Or I, I read that made me want to rant a little bit was somebody on there said Cooper Webb sucks outdoors. 
there is not a single rider that qualifies for a national that sucks outdoors. What is wrong? I mean, Ang is top ten. I mean, I, how are you going to say he sucks? Like, I would kill for a top ten outdoor moto. I mean, my best is an eleven. You know, and I yeah. thought that was unreal. You know, like you, you, that, that people. Like, there's keyboard warriors. You know, like I get them all the time where they're like, "Oh, you should have done this and this." And I'm like, "Dude, here's my helmet." You know, like go, <laughs> yeah, sure, do it. Yeah, if yeah. you can do it, and you're telling me how to do it, <laughs> yeah. go, go do was it. it. You know, like ferry, like, ferry to Steve. Like you go jump it then. Yeah, I mean that's how it is. So it's like you hear all these things. So it's like, yeah, man, I get it all the time. I'm like, oh, you should have crashed. Okay, well, here's my helmet. Yeah. You got it, man. Like this is all yours, you know. And so whenever I see, see people, with, oh, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. I'm just like, I don't even like pay attention to it anymore because it's just like, okay, uh, where are you at then? Exactly. Like, you yeah. ride your bike, then you're not even. You can't even make it to Loretta's. You know, like yeah. these dudes can do it with one arm behind their back. You know, <laughs> so where are you at? You know, it's like. There's, those things bother me, but like it's more just like I don't say anything to them, but I'm just like, dude, come on, you know, right, right. Like, yeah. stop. Yeah, well, I was just in a, I was in a mood Monday night when I saw that. I just I didn't respond. I just noted it in my notebook, and uh, you know, it's same as the so and so doesn't deserve that ride. You know, I've heard that. Like I remember seeing somebody say that about Blake Baggett. You know, a couple years ago, Blake doesn't deserve that ride. Fucker won Supercross races. How do you? Oh, Jesus. And and and, yeah, and the people who com- people who complain about the the, the coverage and and the, the racing isn't good or the racing isn't close. Like I'd like to talk to them and say, look, dude, when I was a teenager and and I would have to set my alarm uh, in the early twenties, like set my alarm for two a.m. to w- or one forty-five a.m. to wake up to because I couldn't afford the VCR that had the pre-record. You had to put the v- VHS <laughs> yes. in there yep. because the race that happened two weeks ago was coming on, right? ESPN or Motor too. World that happened a week that oh. was coming on and you had to press play and record at the same time to record the janky fuzzy video so yeah and and now we can do whatever these people who are so harsh on so harsh uh on all the riders can can either be at home depot or mcdonald's or in their accounting office or whatever type work they do right they can they can watch the whole series on their phone right so yeah it's uh, that's crazy, it's, it's right? unfortunate. Unfortunate that everyone's so hard to please now. It is, so. and it just gets worse, man. I guess, I, I guess, you know, Randy, you and I are we're the old guys. You, kids get off our lawns, but it it really just. <laughs> well, keeps... for me, for me, it's yard of the month. But I, I, yeah, I agree. Get with off you. my yard yeah. of the month. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, hey, during the X brand tear off, Steve talked about one of his favorite moments of the race. One of my favorite things on the weekend was you catching and passing Cole Thompson in both motos when he was way out in front of you. I love it. This is a guy who's supposed to be KTM, Red Bull KTM's number one rider outdoors. And a guy with an enduro tank was fitter and faster than him. I loved it. Good job, T-Dex. You set your fastest lap on the very last lap. In Moto1, yeah. In Moto1, your very last lap. And you said you told us you like never really got tired. I didn't, which is nice. It's a good feeling. Go try, a, go try a couple of GNCCs and then try a 35-minute moto uh, in motocross, and it's uh, jokes, really. All right, Justin. I, I just love that, one, Steve really, really hates Cole Thompson. But I, I thought what Tyler said at the end is, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a GNCC, but what do you think about his comments? But if you do one of those, it really kind of makes a national almost a joke, which I don't think he meant it literally. It's a joke, It's but he's saying it's just it's a lot easier if you've done that. I mean, you got to think it would be, you know, yeah. those guys are going for what? I don't, I don't know much about it, but I know it's multiple hours. Looks brutal. So, yeah, three hours, I think. Brutal. 
yeah, and those dudes aren't. I mean, at the top, at their level, you know, the front guys, they're not just like riding around for three hours. They're like, I've seen videos like those guys are sending it and they're going super hard for three hours. So if you got to think like for us, like when we're doing training, like we do try to do longer motos so that the race is a little bit easier, you know, like it's a little bit shorter and you're mentally you're better for it. So if you go from three hours to 30 minutes, I mean, I bet that's cake. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you got to imagine it is. And instead of dodging trees and roots and stuff, are you just going through ruts and all that? You know, I'm mean, it's different of course, sure. um, but the dude at least rode an off-road bike. So, I mean, it couldn't have been that much different for him. Yeah. I can imagine being out there and being like, yeah, you know, a GNCC guy coming over and being like, Oh dude, there's no trees. I got to worry about. There's no, no rocks or giant, you know, boulders shoot piece of cake. Uh, Randy, you have been involved in around all different types of riding and uh, motorcycle stuff. Uh, what do you think about the GNCC training, you know, compared to racing an outdoor national? Um, yeah, I, I think that the, while the sprint speed of, you know, think about this, think about how, um, I think it was, is T-Dank was saying that, um, from the gate drop, it's full sprint mode. Like you can't hesitate. You have to go, you have to make yeah, decisions. Yeah. You have to go quick. And and that's in a, in a 30 minutes plus two laps. Right. So you, you, you don't work your way into the race, settle into a pace and then, you know, and then, and then push at the end, nor do you sprint and then manage it to the end. Like, all these riders are at, at just max capacity, the whole 30 minute moto. Um, and then for the GNCC, you know, with us, Michelin, we're involved there now with contingency. So I've gone to a couple of those rounds and, and I've been around those even in the early two thousands. Right. And the early two thousands, the GNCC, they would, they would ride around for two. They're like almost trail riding for, for two, two and a half hours. Right. And then they'd sprint the last lap. I can assure you that right now, Stu Baylor and, and all the others that they, they are, it's, it's max from the, from the, from the gate drop, right. Or from the, the wave of the green flag. So, um, I don't know. It, it's different, but there's similarities. I just think that everyone has elevated their own game. I think training has, has elevated bike technology is elevated. Mm-hmm. So I think everyone is operating at, uh, max capacity, uh, initially you know earlier on and throughout the race i think yeah i think you're right i, I like that t-dags brought that up though because you know as I'm, I'm somewhere narrow focused on the two-wheel stuff i pretty much just watch motocross and supercross that's what i follow and you know you, you maybe forget how bad a dudes those gncc guys are and you know when you compare them we think our guys are the baddest dudes on the planet and you know in some aspects they are but I like that comparison. It kind of makes you think about it a little bit. Um, and, and, and a lot of, a lot of GNCC riders. And we, we saw the success that, that Caleb Russell had with his qualifying and, mm-hmm. and where he was running a few years ago at Unadilla or a couple of years ago at Unadilla. Um, a lot of those riders. And I know Stu Baylor with his, with his compound down at the Shoals MX, they, they ride motocross primarily as, as a form of training. Right. And, and a couple of reasons why I think, there's it's it's less risk right because less trees less risk right um they can maintain the intensity and uh so yeah i think that 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 the gncc guys could could hurt some guys feelings in the outdoors <laughs> yeah. right um yeah. and, I, and i don't and i don't mean from a top five perspective i don't i don't mean at that level but um like regionally fast pro riders i think that the top gncc riders could, could hurt their feelings i yeah i totally agree you guys ready to get into Filthy Phil? Yes. 
Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, he made his return to American Motocross, and it didn't go great. All right. Here's a bit of uh, a montage of what he had to say Monday night, and we're just going to have fun with this. Oi, what are you boys doing? Uh, just discussing uh, T-Dags and uh, how we uh, got you both motos, and uh, you know we had enduro <laughs> tank on and wide ratio transmission, <laughs> Phil. So. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. I beat him up enough in Canada. I had to give him something. Were you specifically mad, though, Phil, when T-Dags got you? Uh, yeah, actually, when he passed me in the first moto, I was hurting so bad it didn't even, I, I just wanted to get off the track. Okay. Um, but the second moto, I actually felt like it kind of rode, okay, I was slow as hell, but, um, yeah, it was just a rough day. I, I, don't, I don't know, there's not much I can really say about it. Right. Um, okay. but getting beat by a guy with a oversized gas tank stings a little bit, chalk it up, move on, it was a, it was a rough day, it was a rough week, actually, didn't enjoy it one bit out there, but whatever. <laughs> it's kind of a well, pain in the dick for me really i almost punched that little prick in the sternum <laughs> i like it the yeah. kid's been here a little bit he's already ragging on phil uh, yeah, you want to talk about the highest of highs he was there and i was at the lowest of lows and then he had hunter in the middle going i don't know five five on the day and he was like on suicide watch i'm like dude five six or five five i'm like what the hell yeah. what are you talking about i just went 1922 shut the fuck up i gave my left nut to go five six or whatever me, I heard him because I was all by myself, not a bike in sight. You know, so I was just like, man. All of a sudden, I hear this, oh, and I look over, and Phil's standing up, looking down at his bike, like, oh, what shit. What happened? Catapulted me. <laughs> next, next thing I know, I was ass over tea kettle, looking at the sauna. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Nope, just send 40 guys through there, let them all see God for 36 minutes. <laughs> Justin, I know you're itching to go. Phil may be the. Maybe the one of the best guests of all time, entertainment-wise. And if things go as planned, we're going to get him after every national. Yeah, I love when he just says stuff like, you know, ask over tea kettle this or see God for 40 minutes or 30 <laughs> minutes. I just, that stuff is so funny to me um, because he's so straightforward and he says it without a laughter you know, or anything. And it's just like, I don't know if it's just his character or what it is, but Man, like I could, I seriously, I think I could listen to that dude just talk the whole time. And then, like, you watch the Troll Train blog. He's just like the first thing he said is like, "You got a noose," yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like it's just stuff like that. Man, it's it just, it's just really funny. And you know, as as much as I would love Phil to absolutely kill it, I almost want him to do bad just to hear what he says on the show. You know, like, yeah, it's just those things are funny to me. You know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he the whole time that he was on there, I thought was funny, you know. And then his little comebacks were funny. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think T Dex passing him on the last lap was probably the last thing that he wanted to happen, regardless of you know anything else. Like the only other person I could think that he would want that least would be either Alessi or Cole Thompson. Oh yeah, right. Um, right. But you know, just someone that he'd beat, you know. And then uh, you know, he comes down on a you know off road bike, and this dude's been just training for outdoors and passed him, and then he's just like you know. Just, <laughs> just shot you know but uh yeah i just i love when he speaks man he's just a really funny guy and uh i love his humor and you know it's he, he i don't sometimes i don't know if he's serious or not and i right. get a little worried but <laughs> it still is good well okay so do you think good or bad with his results that we that he actually makes the pulp mx show every monday night for the for the nationals or does he you know miss one to say to hell with it have an excuse or, or do we get him for every race I think you're going to make a race, um, regardless of it being like 
part of his deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. I still think that he's willing to come on because I think he understands that even if it's a bad race, if any publicity is good publicity. Good point. What, what were you about to say, Randy? I was going to say, I, I know the risk is, is uh, you know, that, that motorsports already paid him in full. Right. Um, but, but, but I think that Phil is, is 100% a, a, a man of his word, and I think he'll call in every Monday night. Um, I, I, I hope for better results for him um, because I, I think that no matter what Phil's circumstance, and it seems like it's always a bit funnier when, it, when his – when his results suck, right. Or, or the situation sucks or whatever, but he is just uh raw authentic, right? Like, oh, yeah. like you just get 100% fill. And, and I agree with you, Justin, this, his, his one line zings or his, his wording and his take on things and the way he uh, kind of evaluates his, his situation or others is, is so uh, raw and real. And it's, it's so fun for sure. Such such as Paula resembled was a spitting image of Erzberg. Yeah, when he that, that tweet that he had written Erzberg, <laughs> um, and 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 wanting to you know to punch uh, punch Jet in the sternum, yeah, like yeah. like not, and and not just want to not just want to punch someone. Not I wanted to punch him, but I wanted to punch that prick in the sternum. <laughs> sternum. Right, like like just every little every little word that he that he he drops into his uh, statements are just so cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I can I can listen to Phil all day. I yep. agree, Justin. Did you did you wish that you were at Paula at the end of the day? to be around him and Cooper Webb when Jed is calling him for Myrtle's, you know, Range Rover, just to hear that whole thing go down. I mean, I would love to be on the outside looking in and hear it. Um, I'm not friends with any of those guys. so It'd be awkward. I think just sitting in there, but, uh, man, it, I would just love to just, just hear what those dudes were saying, you know, like maybe they when when ever just talking, they probably haven't muted just letting that fuck this little kid and all this shit, you know, like that. But like, to me, I can only imagine how how comical that that phone call was. Right. Yeah. Just we don't. He says like, uh, I don't give a shit where you finish. Get away from here. Get away. Leave me alone. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and Randy, I feel like this this particular topic that I'm about to mention would be uh, right up your alley to hang out with 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 T Dag's dad and Phil's dad and shooting holes at squirrels and like that whole storyline <laughs> just was oh my god that was like uh, just like a movie right like a I don't yeah, know some it, kind of yeah the, go ahead yeah the, the the roof won't leak because he shot up through the <laughs> through the through the ceiling right, right. he shoot down yeah. so, and, and 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 Phil's comment about well they, that's uh, you must have thought that through that's some good engineering uh, <laughs> Phil's take on stuff is just amazing I I I I like Phil so much. I'm I possibly could listen to him uh, announce a hockey game. That's oh, how good Phil oh, is. Wow. Yeah, that's how good Phil wow. is. Yeah. That's a, that is a great look on that. I like that. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, Phil could explain what icing is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those that's who what ride... they put. That's what goes on the. It goes what goes on the top of the cake. I think. Yeah, so. I think so. That's why I, I'm always <laughs> when they say it's icing. I'm all, yeah. I'm always looking for the cake. I don't get. It. <laughs> Uh, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride. Only at Motosport.com. I want to give a shout-out to Tiffany, who called in Monday night. Uh, for you guys that don't know, that's actually Skippy's girlfriend, baby mama. She works for uh, Motorsport down there in Houston. So, what's up, Tiffany? 
Um, all right, so we had Scott and Bryson, Randy, and they got into, and JT was on at one point too, obviously, talking about like marketing and sales during COVID times. Um, I think it's a lot of people that maybe don't know the inside of all that would be really surprised with how difficult it is to keep anything in stock. You're dealing with that, I'm sure, at Michelin right now uh, with the the way people are spending during COVID and the, the rise of you know motorsports. How difficult is that for you at Michelin to keep stock and keep people happy and keep vendors happy and just like it's got to be so stressful and such a headache right now, but also a positive for the business? Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a huge, you know, positive growth overall for business. And and the challenge is 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 a lot of business in general, from a marketing or sales perspective or sales projections and what have you, is is predicting things like predicting trends, predicting the future, and so on. But everyone in, in, in the world today is trying to predict things in an extremely unpredictable uh, environment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but regardless of whether you're, you know, making, you know, Michelin motorcycle or bicycle tires, another brand of tires or, you know, fly racing gear um, or, or other products within the industry, there's so many variables that you have to take into consideration whether it's not only the, the, the manufacturing and final assembly of the products, but, Many things have to be taken into consideration of the raw materials used, uh, whether they be you know natural or, or manufactured. They're all the raw materials that go into making the products themselves, right? And they're sourced from um, so many different countries that that are impacted incredibly different, right? From from uh, country to country, right? So if your products are manufactured in country uh, here or there, but yet the the raw materials come from another country. There can be such a, a holdup in the uh, in the circumstance that 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 uh, has a big negative impact, and and I, I think what JT touched on, and we we were discussing today in a meeting at work, was the significant increase in costs of getting items through the port, right? Oh and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and JT talking about you know four X and five X. Uh, times the the costs associated with getting things processed, right, or, or or through the port, that's real, and and that's real for 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 our products. That's real for fly racing and and a lot of other brands within the industry. So, um, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Tough, tough. Yeah. Well, you know, I I rep for X Brand out here in Texas, and mm-hmm. you know, and the new Lucid goggles. Everybody was waiting on them, and Rich was having same issue. You know, like trying to get containers in, having to have stuff air dropped just to get a small quantity in to fill orders for WPS or retailers or other, whatever, you know, and yeah, it's uh, adjusted. And I, you know, there's the the interview with Bryce and Scott, although something I wouldn't would necessarily want to probably listen to every week on Pulpamex, it was very educational. And I think it probably allowed a lot of listeners and who are riders that maybe go to FMF, right. And try to get an exhaust and like, why can't, haven't I been able to get an exhaust for a year? maybe that opened their eyes to, you know, some things that they weren't aware of. Yeah. I think for the average person, they, they're unaware of how much COVID's really affected everything, you know, like yeah, it's been good for our industry, but it's also bad for our industry in the sense that a lot of people don't have things. Mm-hmm. It's because of, you know, everything Randy just spoke about. And, you know, I, I knew about it because I'm in the same boat, you know, and I needed stuff. I, I contact little D and he's like, dude, I don't, I don't have anything because, I was just give you like a little example. Like I prefer the the off the shelf exhaust over the factory exhaust. Okay. And I had to run the factory exhaust quite a few times this year because I only had one off the shelf exhaust, 
And when it had to get refurbed, it took a long time for that to happen. But also that was only one system that I had, you know? So he wanted to give me other ones because obviously it's a little bit easier for him to give me a standard one rather than a factory one, but he didn't have them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just little things like that. Like I understand that as a rider because a lot of things that I needed to get this year, I didn't have, you know, I just, I was going over to Frankie at Casey. I'm like, Hey, do you happen to have this or that? Because I can't get it. Um, so yeah, I think it was good to, for, you know, the average person to actually understand that it's a problem because everyone thinks that our industry is booming and everything's good and sales and high and all this, but it's still got to create the product, you know, supply and demand. And if yep. you can't get the supply, then what are you doing? You know, there's nothing else you can do. So, you know, for me, I understood it already before that, but it was nice to, to kind of almost hear it again, you know, because sometimes you think you kind of get back into that, you know, the same thought, like, man, why can I get this? It doesn't make sense. But man, there's a lot of people that just don't have the supply to do it. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, let's wrap this thing up by talking about Chris Kiefer's knee injury and, uh, you know, his unhappy triad, Randy. Um, <laughs> Steve brought, Steve brought the beautiful Miss Heather Kiefer, Mrs. Heather Kiefer, uh, in studio, and she gave a fun rendition of dealing with Chris and almost coming to tears, which I fully believe she's probably telling the truth. I, I, I think Chris was probably thought his career was over. We all get that way when we have injuries. I'm done. I'm never riding again. Um, I don't know. It made me laugh a lot. Who knows where the where the actual truth is in the middle? The story was great. I think that I think that, uh, that Heather's portrayal of of Chris's uh, reactions were way way more accurate than her iPhone timekeeping skills for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and Chris, like that's one thing I really really love about Chris. He is a super uh, emotional guy. Um, he's a caring, compassionate guy uh, in 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 every aspect of it. So so I. I honestly believe that he was emotional in that way. And, and, you know, we, we've, if you've been on, on a motorcycle long enough, you've dealt with an injury, right. And, and in, in every broken bone that I've had, the dozens of them, um, yeah, they, they, it, it's an emotional thing. Right. And, and you feel like this has been taken away from you. Right. Yeah. And I've never tried to make a living at this. Right. So for Chris, I can understand as you know, the, 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 the breadwinner for the house and, and, you know, the man of the household and everything, I can see where it was a really heavy thing for him emotionally. So yeah, I don't, I don't you know, I, 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 I poke fun at him, you know, not wearing the knee brace and, and going with the rhino thing and this and that, that that's funny, but, but the emotional aspect of it, I can't, uh, it, 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 it it hurts. Sure. I'm yeah, sure it hurts. So. Absolutely. Especially like you mentioned, that's his not only getting hurt and yeah. taken away from his hobby. It's also his job. It's how he pays his bills. He has customers. He has things on the, he's, you know, we hear every time we talk to him on the show, he's got all these things scheduled every week. Right. So now all of a sudden mm-hmm. you get hurt. You're out for God knows how long all that either gets canceled or pushed back in the, the, the customer that you're testing for is upset. It's, a, I mean, think about being out of your whatever your job is for six months, six weeks, six months, whatever it turns out to be. That's massively stressful. Most people can't sustain that. Um, so yeah, I get it. But uh, Justin, you know, her making fun of him, you know, where he says, you know, like this is why I can't fucking relax because she left the garage door up. That stuff like is so comical. I love. I just love hearing Chris and Heather nitpick at each other 
Yeah, that was pretty funny when they were bitching at each other about that. Um, I fully believe that he was emotional, 110%. Sure. Um, when I crashed in Orlando, and I'm pretty sure I tore my MCL in my knee, uh, I've been too scared to go look, to be honest with you, because I can still kind of get around. Um, I, I was the same way. I was so negative about everything and I was all sad. And this is that, I mean, that's obviously racing how I make my money. So I'm sitting there like, man, what am I going to do? You know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I was able to kind of get it better and, and finish, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's super emotional. And then especially, you know, for him, that's his job and he provides for the family and he has a lot more than just, I'm, you know, by myself here. So it's a lot different, but, um, yeah, man, if it's me, though, I'm, I'm owning it. You know, if I'm really that emotional, like, I don't sit there and be like, oh, yeah, no, nah, man, I was fine, you know, whatever. She's being right. dramatic. And if it's this, that's the truth, like, yeah, I'm owning that thing. Yeah. Like, that's how I was. I was I was bummed out on that drive home after Orlando. I'll bet, yeah. And he denied the crying on the – They him and Heather did their own podcast on the Keeper Inc. Uh, page or whatever, and, yeah, he denied it then, too. But, no, I, I, I think – it's funny because I think he gave me a bunch of shit – when I had the the injury a couple of years ago, and I said I'm going to stop riding for a while, I'm going to give it up for a while because I just had to, you know, had to heal. I had to get my mind back on it. And he's like, "Oh, here we go. Dark Side's going to quit. He's giving it up." Like he gave me a ton of shit for that, and then he probably did the exact same thing. All right, last question for both of you: Which rider, Randy, would you want to be stranded on a desert island with? Current rider, you got one? Current rider. Yeah, I think the, I'm pretty sure that's what the topic was. You had to pick somebody that's yeah current current AMA license holder. I guess. I, I mean, you can pick whoever you want. I, I don't care. Uh, no, I, I, honestly, I I think that the the uh, the Andrew Short uh, was an excellent option because he's he's a savvy, great dude, great positive outlook, and his his uh, uh, navigational skills and so on. I think would be good. But to be honest. If I'm on a deserted island, I'm probably going to die. So I'm going to say Phil Nicoletti. That way I'll die laughing. That was my pick, too. Yeah, somebody on yeah. the show said that he'd drive you crazy. But, no, I think I'd be laughing the whole time. Uh, Justin, <laughs> no, how about you? Be- yeah. How about you, Justin? Yeah, I don't want to be the same, Phil Nicoletti. Uh, you're more than likely going to just die, so you might as well laugh and at least, you know, die laughing. Uh, that's my opinion. Or, or, you know, something about how negative he's going to be, you're, you're almost going to make a positive out of how funny he's going to be. Yep, that's where I was thinking too. So I think we all we all know best. Uh, obviously, at the end of the show, we had Chris agree your ass off. Kiefer after dark. We're not going to touch on that. If you guys haven't had a chance for some reason to listen to the show, and you guys like uh, Chris's advice, go check it out. It's always fun and entertaining. I want to thank again Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, all sponsors of the Pulp Mix Wrap Up Show, as well as all the other sponsors of the Pulp Mix Show. Hit up pulpmxshow.com. Click on the sponsor uh, sponsor deals tabs. Use the codes. Use the links. If you don't see one that you're thinking about, email con- or, uh, contact at pulpmxshow.com. Steve will help you out, I'm sure. Before we go, Randy, anything else? Uh, you, got, you got anything else you want to say? Anything you want to talk about? Mm, nothing. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and, and share and bench race and chat a little bit. It's good to, to talk with you as well, Justin. And uh, thanks, uh, Dark Side, for, for what you do for the sport um, with some, some hard-hitting questions uh, at times. Right. And, yeah, and I like it. I like it. Um, you're, you're definitely not afraid to to, to, to drop the clutch on some uh, some hard questions. So that's good. I appreciate and that. And then uh, – 
and and then uh, just for the wrap up show, I appreciate you adding additional Pulp Mix uh, oriented content for for all of us fans out there. Well, thank you so much, Randy. Thanks for having time for us, uh, Justin. Same question. Anything you want to uh, touch on before we go or uh, mention? Uh, well, Pulp Mix fantasy sucks. I'm <laughs> did absolutely terrible in it. Uh, I also signed up for Industry Idiots. And I did absolutely four. I think there's only 480 people. I think I got 380 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I hate it. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it, but I hate it. And uh, basically, Randy nailed everything right there. Says, okay. uh, I really enjoy doing this. And, uh, yeah, whenever whenever there's a spot open, you know, to give me a call. Absolutely. Well, I disagree about fantasy. I uh, had 483 points, and I am currently 266th. I'll take that. Must be nice. Wow. Wow. Hey. had a, And that was uh, – I had – uh, who did I? I had two guys. I'm trying to remember two of my 250 riders, and the second moto got me 14 points total. So that was with a couple bad scores. I just had a, I had a couple of 50s, so I was doing good. Um, anyway, all right, guys. So other than that, that is a wrap for episode 466. Questions, comments, thoughts, complaints, hit me up, darkside at pulpmxshow.com. No, I take that back. It's darkside at pulpmx.com. But hit me up. Maybe uh, if you send me some uh, some fun hate, maybe we'll read it on the show next week. Other than that, it's a wrap. We're out of here. Thanks. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah.